Sunday, Monday, happy gays. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy gays. Thursday, Friday, happy gays. They're best chums. Let's have some fun. Ready to chat with you. These gays of ours. Happy gays. These gays of ours. Hello, 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 and welcome to the podcast. I'm Jared Hagland. I'm Ashley Fair. And we are Gay, gay Best, Best Friends. Friends. Oh, how are you doing, Ashley? Oh, so good. Better seeing you now. Yeah, that's yeah, always I miss nice. Oh, yeah. Got a nice little walk in the sun this morning, got mm-hmm. our coffees. Got to do some samples at the farmer's market. Best time of the year. Right? I, we, we stumbled across it. That was that mm-hmm. was really nice. What did we have? We had gin, hummus. Uh, I had some ginger beer. Yeah, but that's gross, so I didn't have any. Mead. Mead, which it was weird, like, mead that was made like beer or cider, not like a wine. So, like, can they call it a mead? Like, I thought all those things have specific... I think mead is just, like, fermented from honey. Okay, so as so long it doesn't as it's that, as long as it's still getting its alcohol from honey. Interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, they were, it was pretty good. It was all right. Yeah. Uh, it was very light. Like, I'm used to mead being kind of gross. Mm-hmm. Really I back lo- of your throat. Yeah, I yeah. love that, like, thick, like, just slightly alcoholic, watered-down honey. Yeah, it's too much for me. Oh, I love it. <laughs> you tried weird nut milk. Yes. That is one of the most pretentious, like, that was, like, from a TV show, it was so pretentious. Oh my god, what I meant to tell you after trying it, because I wouldn't say this to the person, if they, they're not going to listen to this podcast either, but if they were to, they'll hear it, won't name the brand, but they'll know it's them. Oh, I'm trying to think of it, because I'll name it. (laughs) It tasted like Pepto-Bismol, but not even, like, a nice powdery flavor. Ew. Yeah. It had that, like, that consistency and that texture and just, like, that kind of, like, slimy, gross feeling. I, I didn't see as the As soon point as I tried it. As soon as I tried it, I was like, no, this is awful. Did you try two of them? Yes. You're like, maybe this is the wrong flavor. I That is what I thought, yeah. The second one was better, but I still wouldn't buy a whole bottle. And they're expensive bottles. They sell them across, like, at a market across the street from my office. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I was like, oh, this is so pretty. I should consider it. And it was, like, $12 for, like... Like 250 mils. Something like that, yeah. yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I can't wait till, like, I I enjoy a good fad. I like a good food fad. I cannot wait till nut milk just disappears. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about it before, because it's so bad for the environment. It's so pretentious. It's not... I don't find it that tasty. Yeah. No, it's not. Um, I always want... Because, like, soy milk might not be that good for you or something. Probably isn't. Um, so you're supposed to like switch to these other milks, but I don't like any of them. Like even oat milk, I want to like, actually maybe I like oat milk in my coffees, but nut milk, no thank you. And coconut milk in coffee. Heck no. No, I, I look forward to a time when nut milk is a thing we drink is just forgotten and it just like goes back to meaning sperm. Yeah. <laughs> How's your week been? Two weeks. Good. Uh, I was at my mother-in-law's wedding last night. Right. Which You've was, had two weddings in two weekends. Two weddings in two weekends. Went to Calgary for a wedding. It was a much smaller wedding. Very simple ceremony. And then just like the family went out for dinner. Mm. And then yesterday was like full on wedding. Yeah. Um, and it was fun. You that know, fun. sometimes going into it, I'm a little grumpy about going to a wedding. This one also was out in Abbotsford, which I, other than seeing my family that lives there, 
usually don't really try and try yeah. and go to. Yeah. Um, and they don't live there. Like this part of the family doesn't live there. So it was weird to have to go there for their wedding. But it was great. A lot of, you know, strange people you don't know getting drunk and dancing. I love it. And this is the thing. Okay. So this, this was a like, old, like our parents' generation wedding. Yeah. Um, what I notice about those weddings is they almost always are just a lot more fun. There's less anxiety because they don't have to do things to please their parents most of the time. You're right. There's, they have no pressure from above like that. Yeah. Um, they And it really is just like truly love. And I find some people will talk about, you know, when they were married the first time in their 20s back in like the 70s or 80s, like... There was a lot of pressure about doing it because you got pregnant or something. Now, this is a common story, but like I hear it sometimes and those marriages break down. And then these people sometimes meet their high school sweetheart again or they just they meet someone else later in life. And they were like, holy fuck, this is what it should have been. And like, I've been married before and that relationship did not feel like this. And it just it's so, so, so nice. I love people who get that chance and they find love Again. So first off, because this is exactly what you described, was this wedding. So um, my mother-in-law was marrying someone that she went to high school with and was a high school sweetheart. Was her paper boy. These are my favorite Was her paper boy. And then they met at a high school reunion years later in life and got together. So it was so sweet. And with what you were talking about right there, I think a quote from one of the speeches stands out. And... Um, one of the bridesmaids spoke and she's also on her second marriage and she said your second marriage or like you know subsequent marriages are hope triumphing over experience and I just thought that was just the nicest way to put it I love that I'm gonna write that down that could be the title of our episode maybe but yeah I like we said this before I really love wedding speeches oh yes me too it was and I emceed last night I thought I had some great lines in between the speeches, and I didn't know these people, but I, I, I thought I did very well. I honed in, and and really think I aced it. Mm-hmm. Am I emceeing your wedding? Yes. I get confused on your, my roles at your I wedding. I know. <laughs> it's up to you. No, it's up to you. No, like, I don't want to put too much pressure on you, because you're going to, like, officiate us, mm-hmm. and then be the MC. See, I, are people going to get sick of me? No. I think impossible. they might. Well, then we'll have someone else officiate, and you can stand next to me. But uh, uh, whatever you want, I'm. I'm because officiating, your... like you're not really gonna get to be a zinger, and I want you to like. Be... Or if I do, it might be an inappropriate time. <laughs> <laughs> I also just want to say at this wedding, the number one best cupcake of my fucking life. Interesting. I find cupcakes are either like quite good or mm. disappointing. Mm. I've never had a cupcake that like just made me go, oh my god. And this was a cupcake that I'm pretty sure was just made out of, like, brownie batter. Yes. So it was a chocolate brownie cupcake with caramel in the middle and buttercream icing and caramel mm. on top. Like, I would I would have four more right now. Mm, sounds so good. You probably could. They probably have. Maybe no. No, the, like, cupcake tree stand thing, all the chocolate ones were gone. There wow. was, like, the vanilla and the raspberry left. And I had one. It was okay. But that fucking cho- I want to make chocolate brownie cupcakes now. Do it. And eat them all. Oh, it sounds so good. Did they do a cake cutting? They did. each other? How, how was it? It was really nice. They fed each other. It was cute, but not like messy or awkward. Yeah. And I don't know. They're just both like lovely, lovely people. So it was Aww. it was really nice. I'm so happy for them. Well, congratulations to them. Yay, Tom and Sheila. Woo. Well, let's jump right into it. <laughs> so, Ashley, what you watching? 
Slash reading. Slash listening. What you putting in you? All right. <laughs> That's what it is now. We gotta change the name. We'll figure it out one day. Maybe our listeners can give us suggestions. If anyone has a suggestion for a name for this convoluted Tom seg not a convoluted segment, but the convoluted segment title, mm-hmm. I'd really love to hear it. Mm-hmm. I'll be critical, but I'd love to hear it. I'm not saying I'll accept <laughs> it, but I'd love to hear it. We might choose one, though. Um, so we're actually on the same page with this one this week. This is something like... Both things we want to talk about, yes. we've both experienced. Yes. One of them, one of us more than other. Yeah. But. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Which one, do you, which one do you want to start with? Let's just start with uh, the movie. Okay. Yeah. So the movie. Mm-hmm. The movie. <laughs> that is so, very foreboding. <laughs> Jarrett and I both watched Wine Country. Uh, Amy Poehler wrote mm-hmm. it? Just I have no it. idea who wrote it. Mm. That's a great, that's a great question. Oh, I don't think she, well, anyway, great cast. Um, so it's got Amy Poehler, it's got Tina Fey, it has um, other SNL celebrities. Maya, names... I was going to say Maya oh. Angelou, <laughs> Maya, Maya Rudolph, Rudolph, Rachel Dratch, and then two people that I hadn't really seen before. At least one of them is a writer for SNL, but not an actor or has been a writer. Oh, that's the blonde lesbian, right? Yes. Um, and then the other one must also be from the world of SNL. Yeah, no, Amy, Amy Poehler directed it. It was her directorial debut. Oh, well, what do you think? Oh, and it was written, co-written by, um, I think, okay, this is, we should have, should have really done our history there a little bit better and I'm not sure if I'm right. Tina Fey, right? No. Paula Pell. No. Okay, go on. Emily Spivy, I feel. Oh, who is in it. Okay, she is in it. She's yeah. the one that they all thought wouldn't go. Yeah. Okay, we've really dived into a weird direction in this review. <laughs> so, it's a movie about some middle-aged women going yeah. away for one of their friends' 50th birthday. All these women met at a pizza place that they worked at in, like, high school, college? It's unclear, but when they were younger, yeah. Yeah. And so they're like having this kind of friend reunion, wine country, 50th birthday. Mm -hmm. What'd you think? I was not, I wasn't thrilled. And I have, I've just assumed that maybe I just don't get it. Like maybe, I love watching movies of older people who I like to imagine myself in that position mm-hmm. or whatever. And so watching this, I was like, oh, maybe like these experiences and this like part of their life is just so separate from just a general like trajectory in life. And maybe I just don't get it because I'm not 50. I think you're just being nice. Because <laughs> like any movie or story, like think of how many ones you watch that aren't your experience that yeah. you can thoroughly enjoy or find funny. Yeah. And honestly, I can't even pick out any part of the movie that I could, that I can even pin as like, that was especially good. I can pick out the things that made me especially annoyed. So the hill moment didn't stand out for you as like a good part? See, I kind of forgot about it already. Oh, wow. That's not a ringing endorsement of any movie. Right? I feel bad because I really want to support Amy Poehler and everyone in the movie. And this is where I think it fell flat for me. Is I, I'm putting this on me. 
I think I had too high of expectations. Maybe. I think with Amy and Tina involved and the rest of the crew there, I just got way too excited. I thought it was going to be much funnier than it was. And I, I, I think I raised the bar too high. You had a quote when we first, when we first talked about the fact that we both had watched this movie, you had a quote about something about having too many big stars. It's from one of my favorite movie reviews of one of my favorite movies, Death to Smoochie. Roger Ebert said it takes a it takes a talented group of people to make such a bad movie. Yeah, and that's I feel like what has happened here. There was just too many. Like- yeah. Strong stars, too many funny women. I just didn't know where it wanted to go. There was no, like, focal point. And, and I like, think they put them in the wrong positions. Like, Tina Fey, maybe she just didn't have the time to be in the full movie or something. But she should have had more. I, I feel like she and Amy are really good at bouncing off each other. And that really makes things. And I yeah. don't think Amy jives with the other actors quite the same way. And so there, there wasn't... Like, it just didn't happen. There was no bouncing. Yeah. That's a good point. I also, I'm a Rachel Dratch fan from SNL. Yeah. But I don't know if I'm used to seeing Rachel Dratch as not, like, a more over-the-top character. And I think it took me a while to buy into her being normal. Mm. She was the one with the back issue. Yeah, it was her birthday. Yeah. And I didn't really... We didn't get deep enough into it. There was too many people. Sorry, I'm going all over the place with this. I think the challenge was there were too many people. So we didn't get deep enough into any one story. Because we kept talking about how we don't like her husband. But we mm-hmm. never really pick up why. There's no. There should have been like some sort of flashback. There should have been something to tell us why we don't like this guy. We just yeah, like I never him. felt hate for them the way they, they yeah. kind of did. And like, we should have. We are team friend. So we should have felt that. Um... The the blonde lesbian, like, I wanted more of her story. I kind of, when we found out she owned, like, a vintage store in Portland, I expected, again, for us to learn more about her story and, like, maybe heartbreak or something. Or maybe just how cool she is. No heartbreaks, just this cool lady. Mm-hmm. And then they turn her into, like, this, like, sad loser. Yeah. Which really pissed me off. Like, that's the part, and that's the part of when I said earlier in this what that, you? You can pick out. <laughs> that is the thing that made me the most mad um i'm gonna just spoil a moment there's so many moments in the movie so like I, you'll probably forget anyway but at near the end she early on in the movie sorry she meets this young woman who's also a lesbian they hit it off but like there's lots of like uncertainty from her because mm-hmm. she's like oh like this woman's like she's like 22 or something i'm 50 like <laughs> this isn't gonna like be a thing and she's just being cute and playful but like not meaning anything by it sorry just <laughs> looking at me i have an iced coffee and i realized <laughs> the ice was loud so i was very carefully trying to put it down i just paused so that we can just edit out if you had to just put it down well i thought it, it it, we wall. need to acknowledge it <laughs> um, continue their relationship and there. then she gets up the courage to like flirt back a bit more they go to this girl's art show and then she gets the courage to like be like, "Hey, lady, like, we sh-, like she wants to ask her a question, which is basically like, do you want to go for dinner or whatever?" Mm. And the girl turns into like, "You want to buy my art? That's so great. I'll give it to you for a deal." And that's it. And it was just like, now she's just like this sad older lesbian who- with an expensive piece of Fran Drescher art. Yeah. 
and it was so unnecessary. Like there were no victories. Was that the point that in the fifth in your fifties you have no victories? Oh, maybe that's like, depressing. That's, I know, and that's not what I. But I think so because it leads up to them all trying, all like getting over some fear later. I do need to pause and say the concept of that Fran Drescher the nanny art show exhibit was probably the highlight of the movie to me. It was that very was a funny, funny concept, and it like it popped out of nowhere, which was fun. But I really hate the concept of older women are failures or face broken dreams or didn't get to live their lives because like your dreams change as you change. So it's okay that like maybe you married this guy that your friends are like, we don't really get him. But you're like, it doesn't matter that you don't get him. We have a love story that's our own. Mm. And like, we like to watch, I don't know, big, bad, no, what's the show? <laughs> what are you talking about? Breaking Bad. Oh, we Big like to... Bad Breaking. <laughs> we like to watch Breaking Bad every Friday. That's our thing. That's how we fell in love. Like, no, like, love mm. speaks different languages. And just because your friends don't get it, that's okay. Or yeah. you don't have to have, I don't know, become a world-renowned scientist if you decide you want to be a science teacher. High school science teacher. You know, like, I think it's really unfair... For movies to just decide just decide that like the big successes are the only achievement mm. because I want to see more stories that are more true to the human existence in that your dreams change and you find warmth and love in smaller things does that make a good movie? yes okay well we'll see when <laughs> someone makes it we'll know <laughs> I also really like mundane movies. That's so weird. (laughs) Have you seen, like, this one? Because, like you said, it's about middle-aged, older women. And usually movies I love. First Wives Club, excellent movie. Recently, have you seen the movie Book Club? It's on my list. Haven't watched it yet. Other than, and no shade, how not great Candace Bergen looks. Great movie. Um, Yeah, and I love, oh, what's her name? She's in Book Club. Diane Keaton. Yes. Oh, anything Diane Keaton. Same. Also she, First Wife Club. Yes. She is a great older woman. Like, yeah. <laughs> I also love... feel like she's been an older woman for like 50 years now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, one of my favorite movies is Because I Said So. And she's the mom in that. Mandy Moore is in it. Oh, well, like, I can picture the cover. I've never uh, seen it. but It's a great, hilarious movie. And she is the perfect, annoying mother. Oh. Uh, I love her. And her style. But... I just... Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, but I guess we landed in the same place. We didn't love wine country. We wanted to love it, but it just, just didn't do it for us. Yes. Maybe we didn't have enough wine. (laughs) Maybe. So, though, do you think that Amy Poehler produced it because (laughs) it's her winery? No, I don't. (laughs) It's all the water? I don't. It's her answering for her past sins. Oh my god, this is going to be you till your deathbed. <laughs> I, I, every year my status pops up and I'm like, I do still wonder what happened with all that water. I can't wait. I really hope Amy Poehler writes another book and like goes on a book tour and you get to go in line for like hours with your book, finally get to the front and just say, Amy, what's up? What's okay. with the water? So I had a similar thought except for like mine was a little more exciting where... We become famous comedians. We're at like an award show. I run into Amy Poehler. 
And I ask her, what's up with all the water? And TMZ's filming and she gets a little bitchy about it. No, no, and she no. Just eventually I wouldn't just, like, do that. You, or even better throws her. water in your face. I wouldn't do that to her. I would take, it would be the Vanity Fair after party. We'd be in okay. like the cool picture room and that's where I'd ask her. And she throws water in your face and you just yell back, you won't stop wasting it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. <laughs> Next on our list of what you're watching. Everything. Easy. Oh, I love Easy. We've and we have loved it since the beginning. Yes. We've always talked about it. And before we can so it's on Netflix. It is well it's, it's like is it not a vignette show, but it like follows a, a lot of different oh oh. That was beautiful. Thank you. Because they also they their stories do interconnect too. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I feel maybe I'm right, anyways. So it's yeah, it's a mosaic, as Ashley put. Uh, so a bunch of different stories that sometimes you don't hear from for a long time episodes and they intertwine and they sort of all center around sex and relationships. Mm-hmm. Because love is easy. Oh, is that why? I don't know, but I always assume. That's I thought it was it like, cause like you're easy and like you just, you're slutty or like a lot of That's sex. what I thought at first as well. But like the more into the storylines I get, the more I realize it's about like how like people always say like. When it's true love, it's easy. Oh, and this show is never easy. Never easy. Okay, yeah, I think your I think <sighs> your take on that is probably more accurate. It's so good. Like I could the ty- the little rants I just went on about wine country, I could do the exact opposite for easy. <laughs> I just find every story is so clever. I love it's it's the kind of show every episode is its own story. I think Jarrett mentioned that already, but like I just want to make it clear, like every episode it's a unique story. They do intertwine. But, like, you're not watching a continuous No, you can, like, wait a whole season for some of them until yeah. you uh, get touch back to that same couple. Yeah. Ugh, I love it. And there's stories that I, I stop everything I'm doing and watch. Even the ones I don't care for. So you stopped watching at oh, one of my so favorite true. episodes. <laughs> but after that episode, or a few after is one of my least favorite storylines that I had stopped watching for probably two weeks or so. I hadn't continued yet because I was like, oh, it's that guy. I really don't care. Which guy? The artist guy, the older, like, he's like a college professor and he's kind of like a douche and he sleeps with, like, really, like, young women, but mostly his students. I think I'd have... Is that the one? So in the first season, he takes home this girl who is one of his students and then over the course of the night, like they they have sex, and then he's sleeping, and she's going around his apartment taking little like selfies and like photographs. Okay, and then yeah. she puts it into an art show, and it's like his first like big humiliation in the storyline that we learn. So I can't remember what happened last season. That's the thing with this show, and maybe it's because binge watching things kind of I find it harder to remember. Yeah, especially with so many different storylines. Yeah. But I find with Easy, I forget it even exists after I'm done watching it. Yeah. And then it's a new season pops up on Netflix and I am like irrationally excited. Same, same. I'm just like, yes, I can't wait. I love this show. But I will never remember to tell someone to watch it when it's not immediately in my face. Or I don't think like, when is the new season of Easy yeah. coming? I even forget that there is more seasons. I always hope. Like sometimes the way they tie things up, because the last episode of the season is usually a good tie up. Of someone's situation, or it just seems like we don't need to know more about this. And I think that makes you feel like 
you kind of forget about all the other situations. And so you're just like, that could be it. And you're not like Googling like, when's the next season of Easy? Because mm-hmm. there's no cliffhangers. Like yeah. it's just, it's moments of lives. And so I think as the viewer, you see it and you just understand like, life is going to continue. And this was a snapshot I got to see of that life. You don't ever expect I'm going to get to see more. Yeah. And there's one couple where you get to see a lot more of in this season. They have, I think, three episodes. You don't know which couple. No, it's the couple that is like, I was tr- I was deciding how much to give away, but it's like the couple that d- opens up their marriage. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a wild ride they go on. And I don't want to give too much away because yeah. like anything, but I just, I want to express like, if you like human interactions and relationships, like any of that kind of stuff, then I 100% recommend watching Easy. Personally, I like to watch relationships about, or sorry, I like to watch TV shows and movies about human relationships because for some reason, I like to watch what's happening and try to like, in my head, navigate how I would approach a situation, which I think just makes, this sounds really arrogant, makes me a better <laughs> friend and partner. <laughs> it doesn't, but that like... That doesn't sound arrogant. <laughs> it does. No, it sounds arrogant, but I like to watch these things because I just like to put how I would react on them, and I know that I'm usually a better friend or partner. <laughs> you learning from things is not arrogant. That's the opposite of arrogant. Okay. <laughs> um, and I find Easy is one of like the most real, even for scenarios that might not be yours... Which is funny, given what I just said about wine country, where I was like, oh, I'm not there. Those aren't my situations. See, that was the point I was making. Yeah, but with easy, they may not be your situations, but holy cow. Like, they're just, they're so good. They're well-written. They're um, well-edited. They're well-scripted. Like, they're they're so good. And I'm just so mad that you haven't watched The Lesbians yet, because it's such a good episode. So, to be fair, because you mentioned earlier that I didn't watch the episode that you wanted me to watch, to talk about, and because I had told Ashley, I went to go watch Easy, and then it was the lesbian episode, and so I turned it off. But part of why I turned it off is, like, I wasn't ready to, like, really pay so much attention that I could, like, properly discuss it with you. It wasn't that I was just, like... (laughs) Turned off by the lesbians. I thought you were. I thought you were like, ugh, the lesbians. That's kind of, because I thought it was funny, so that's kind of how I presented it to you <laughs> via text. But no, the real was is like, oh, I need to watch this when I'm like, okay, can make sure fair. I'm watching it. Ugh, it's a really good episode. I can't wait for you to watch it. It's next up on my list. Great. That could be a long list, though. Do it. Well, oh, wait, next up. <laughs> it's next up. Could be a long list, but it's next. So I didn't talk to you about this before, but I know that we have like a mutual love of this show, so I just want to do a quick R.I.P., for Life in Pieces, Ugh. which is not being renewed, so it's in its final season, its fourth season. I can't believe it. It's such a good show. Yeah. Talk about great writing. Like, it's such a funny show. Right? I love a good sitcom, and I think the way they do it, most sitcoms intertwine like an A, B, or a C plot throughout the whole episode, and this one just does it in little vignettes of this like extended family. And it's so funny. It's on Netflix. It's worth rewatch. I rewa- It's my go-to. Like, yeah. I want to chill out and rewatch a show. That's what I watch. Mm-hmm. It was so. It's so good. So, rest in pieces. Life in pieces. And James Brolin's married to Barbara Streisand. What? 
it. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, and he's the dad. Yeah. The best. I don't know if we'll keep this in. Um, I was watching like an Instagram story of Zoe Lister-Jones. Yeah. And it was the mom, Diane Weiss, who's so amazing. Yeah. And James Brolin just like chatting in between um, filming. Right. And she was telling him about Beyonce's Lemonade. And how much he should listen to it. And he was like not super into listen to it. And she's finally just like, oh, just ask Barbara. And I'm like, I just want to live a life where I can casually say to someone, ask Barbara, meaning Barbara Streisand. And that is just, that's the level of life you live. What are you going to pick? Topics. Can we talk? Do you think Usher's in the wrong? This woman sued him for giving her herpes. And... He just settled it for $20 million. Gosh, I would love, I would love to get $20 million for maybe getting herpes from someone. Right? I'll take herpes for $20 million. <laughs> I just find There's it... medications and stuff for that, right? Like Exactly. And that's my point. That's why I want to bring it up. I feel this is, it's a herpes shaming. Yeah. I don't know, Usher. Like, I'm, I assume this day and age, most people have herpes. And I think that's like kind of a fact. Just because you have herpes doesn't mean you ever have a outbreak. Yeah. Like, there's many people who have HPV or herpes and don't... Like, it's not a, a thing you suffer with. Yeah. And it has such a stigma. And I think that's probably, like, STIs in general. But I feel herpes is, like, the biggest one that people just overblow and make a big deal out of. And so, I want to ask you, do you think Usher's in the wrong? Should he have told every woman he slept with, I have herpes? I also don't know if he knew he had herpes. That's that's the thing. Like, I don't know. If he knows, I don't think he should be going bareback mm. necessarily. Or, you know, like, I think if he knows, yes, he should disclose. Oh, my God. That should be on a poster. <laughs> um, but, like, if he didn't know, then obviously no wrong done. Uh, Yeah. I think it just overblows herpes and gives herpes and Usher a bit of a bad rap. Poor Usher. No pun intended. Is he a rapper? I don't know. I'm not a music person. R&B? Okay. Um, yeah, I don't have much else to say on Usher and his herpes. I just, I think the answer always is, if you know, disclose. If you know, disclose, but also like, it's something that you can have and not know. Well, yeah, totally. So. But that's why... This had to be why she was able to sue him at all. He must have known. Like, yeah, you could sue anyone for anything. True. And he but settled you... it. Because I'm sure at some point Usher's like, I just want people to stop fucking talking about my herpes. Yeah. <laughs> like $20 million, I think probably for him is worth that. Yes. Um, with this story, though, it brought up, I have um, a great uncle. So he's an older man. Him and his wife separated, I think they were late 60s or something, and started their own life journeys again he found a new woman and they were together for i think a couple years and one day he comes home she's sitting on the couch and she just looks at him and says i have herpes and you gave it to me and she left him she left him for herpes that she could have had for years that is wild how so like she had an outbreak and was just like well that's it I guess. I don't imagine many 70-year-olds are just getting regular STI checks who are in, like, a longer-term relationship. Yeah, are STI... Like, is that something that if they're not looking for it, they're not gonna... 
find it in like your workups? I don't know. Because when you're older, you get regular checkups. I would hope so. So, but I always wondered that, like if it's not on the list of things to look for. They're not in a regular STI check though. Oh, they're not? Yeah. Oh, shit. Not shit. Erase that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they are. But it's such a common... I think it's just because it's that common. Oh. <laughs> okay. And I guess, yeah, if you don't have a flare-up, there's nothing... Because you can't you can't get rid of it, right? Like, it's just like it's always... Yeah, it's like cold sores. Yeah. Cold so, sores are herpes. Yeah. So, like, the only time that you're going to need medication is if you have a flare-up. Mm-hmm. All right. And if you have it, look. Look at the commercials. You will one day be able to kayak like everybody else. You know I love a whoopee. Whether a Goldberg or a Cushion, <laughs> one of my favorites, and you brought up to me, I didn't even know, she has a new clothing line. Yes, the Dub G by Whippy Goldberg. Does Dub G mean anything? It means Whippy Goldberg. Like, how? Dub W? Oh, <laughs> I did not get that. <laughs> dub G. Oh, I didn't know Dub was a W. Yes. Ugh, and I love it. It's such a beautiful clothing line. It's so comfortable looking. Um, but it also looks really nice. It's size inclusive. So it goes from extra small to 3X. Um, and it's just fun. Well, and you mentioned that Whoopi is not like a fashion icon. Yeah. But I will say, when you see Whoopi, especially in the last decade, she always looks super comfortable. Right? Oh, like look at this shirt dress. Modeled by Stacey London. Oh, that looks nice. Right? It's one thing I envy women for. They have a lot more, I think, like flowy, comfortable clothing. Women and South Asian men. <laughs> I really envy like the styles of the, of what people wear in India. Yeah. It's linen, it's flowy, it's comfortable. I wish that was more acceptable here. Good But we just don't either. have the heat. Anyways, back to Whoopi. This isn't her first endeavor into clothes. See, I didn't know that until you mentioned it earlier. Yeah, she's got a Christmas sweater clothing line. She hawks it every year on The View, that's why I know. (sighs) Um, And they're like funny, cheeky sweaters. So clearly she has a passion for fashion. Oh, I love it. And I love all of, like, the lines she has on these shirts and stuff. Like, believe in all possibilities. Normal to the cycle in the washing machine. I would That's wear. Cool. I don't like to wear clothes that like flaunt um, brands, but mm-hmm. I would flaunt Whoopi. No problem. She still needs to come out with a Whoopi Goldberg Whoopi cushion. Maybe it'll be part of her clothing line. It'll be like an accessory. Oh my god! Item. Like your dress comes with a place that you can insert a Whoopi cushion. Yeah. So that whenever you sit, I don't know who wants that. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> no. you would want it all the shit happening in america right now with the abortion stuff yeah are we going back in time yes can it happen here yes why do you think because sorry i threw that at you but no no i have the answer and i should like i can look (laughs) at the answer i and it's thanks to a friend of mine, actually, who, like, laid it all out. And I'll see if I can find the right words for it. Um, so, basically, it's a constitutional amendment, but there's a 750 rule 
um, which is designed to be almost impossible to meet. It means that mm. seven provinces need to be, be on side with changing the constitution. With over 50% of the population. Yeah. And right now we have that. Uh, I think. Yeah. Because um, right now seven provinces are run by conservative gov- governments. But not all conservative governments will change abortion. No, but looking at this list, like, pretty sure most of these would. I see, and maybe I'm just being naive. And like, naive, Ontario but... would, and they have the bulk yeah, of our... the population. They'll bring that part. Yeah, of it. like goddamn his soul. But Stephen Harper would never have done this. No, but we're not in Stephen Harper's government anymore. Yeah, that's but... the thing. Is like, and this is this is something that I have read quite a bit about actually about how the conservatives of today are not the conservatives that we first got involved in politics with. They're becoming more socially conservative. Yeah. So yes, it could happen here. Um, The chances of a conservative government getting in power in October are not as far-fetched as we would have liked. Yeah, I think they're... Yeah. They've got got a good chance. Yeah. Um, Well, we'll see. I hope... I don't know where this... I, I don't follow the Senate as much, and it requires a majority vote in the Senate, and I don't know... What are senators? Yeah, in Canada, that's a yeah, it's a crapshoot every time. Yeah, I just hope, and maybe I'm being naive, that we're a little better in this country in the sense, and I'm not like, no, I am judging people's opinions. I I believe being anti-choice is wrong. You mm-hmm. could be against abortion, but you can't be against choice. Yeah, but I do hope that we are not in a place in our country where we want to go backwards in time. One thing I have to say for Canadian governments is if there is clear visible opposition to things i have noticed that typically they do back down um or at least like don't go all the way (laughs) yeah so there's a chance that if we have loud enough protests and marches and all of this, like they really will be like, okay, we'll back, we'll back up. Um, but I just, I don't know. Like, don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how people are feeling about protests these days. And like, if they're getting exhausted yet, like I feel like every gathering is getting smaller. I feel like this issue, if it ever actually comes to the forefront where change and it might be rolled back, I think people will step up. I hope so. Yeah. Because all it does is increase death. Like, adult death. Yeah. Like... Well, they can't stop people from getting abortions. They can only stop people from getting safe ones. So it's summer barbecue and party season. Woo woo. Yeah. And a topic that has come up in my news feeds recently has been the silent, I want to say silent goodbye, but that doesn't make sense. But like just leaving without saying goodbye. Ghosting the, the party, exit. the French exit. Um, I saw someone else call it like an Irish exit. I feel an Irish exit would be loud and disorderly. <laughs> That's maybe slightly oddly racist. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. I still feel you can shit on the Irish. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so leaving a party without saying bye to everyone there or even the host. What do you think? Uh, if it's a giant party, I may be okay with it. But I think you need to say goodbye to the host. Do you? If I, you're, that, that's what I think. If you're, if you're hosting like 40 people, every time someone has to say goodbye to you... In like an hour span, people tend to leave in batches. Mm-hmm. Then it means that you just get interrupted every time. It also means they don't get to leave really when they want to leave. Because you have to budget half an hour to 40 minutes for saying goodbye. How big is this party? Well, I don't know. But like even if I'm trying to say bye to you and you're in the middle of a conversation, I'm a polite person. I'm going to wait until you're done your conversation. And then I'm going to be like, okay, well, I'm leaving. Oh, no. I tap you on the shoulder and I go, oh, she got to go. We gotta head out. Sorry. Bye. Oh, but goodbyes never go that way. I think they do. Because they turn into a whole other conversation. If you didn't get to see your guest as much as you would have liked to in this party, then you are like, oh, I want to touch base on this thing. And then you get talking about a new thing. So the solution to that is just Just leaving without anything. Yeah. And then message them later. Say thanks for the great party. I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to think if I've ever done it. Have you done it? I'm going to guess yes, because you're supported. I have left, yeah, larger parties, for sure. I've never left your parties and not said goodbye. Oh, don't worry. I was not accusing you. <laughs> um, but, like, host parties, definitely. Um, I guess weddings are, like, here or there. Like, when I was at my friend's wedding three weeks ago, uh, and I, I made sure to say bye to her. But I don't think I said bye to you at your wedding. Yeah, it was noticed. No, it wasn't. You're right. It wasn't noticed. I didn't care. I'm sure there was lots of people that left. Yeah. And people leave. You're right. When I actually look at it from the side of the host, I don't care. But when I look at the side of the guest, I would never do it. Interesting. So I guess I'm just better than most people? No. No. <laughs> You're a guy. You like to take up space and time. Just kidding. No, I think I'm like guilt ridden and just feel too bad and would feel bad if I did it. Even though I'm totally okay with other people doing it. Yeah. Well, it's funny how we put these, like, these norms on, like, ourself, but not on other people. Mm -hmm. Because I do that with other things as well, where it's just like, well, I'm okay with that, but I wouldn't do it. And it's not a judgment on you that I wouldn't do it. I just feel guilty. I don't think you should feel... It's so complicated, right? Like, you shouldn't feel guilty. I just would. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds so much I like, know, right? you know, I would feel As guilty, but you I, shouldn't. But like... But you don't mean a, it like that. Like, I get your feeling. You don't thing. mean it like, I'm just trying to be better. Yeah. That's weird. It's very weird. Which is, it is one way that I try to like, retrain myself on social norms. Because if I actually don't care that someone else... Yeah. Does or doesn't do whatever it is. So in this case, think about it leaving... And if I were like Saying you, goodbye without leaving? <laughs> that is the worst thing at a party. You're like, I just said goodbye to you an hour ago. Why are you still here? No, that's something I do do. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that about you. <laughs> leaving without saying goodbye as our topic. Um, if I was someone who did feel guilty about not saying goodbye, and I don't care if someone else doesn't say bye to me, mm-hmm. then I try to, like, retrain myself being like, okay, if I don't care, then why should I care about it for myself? Mm-hmm. And I try to retrain myself into these new social norms where I'm just like, okay, I can just go. That's a good way to look at it. 
I should try and identify some of those things and do it myself. Yeah. Okay, so we're on, we're on different sides of this, though. Party etiquette. You you don't care, but you prefer to say goodbye. I don't care. And I, I prefer to just go. I feel like I want the credit at the end of, like, actually being there. And I think that's where it probably stems ah, from. gold stars. Yeah, I get it. I have one more for you. Okay. What's your, like, comfortability going to a party or, like... A group setting where you aren't to have super good friends there, like, solo. I find it very intimidating. Actually, the less I know people, the more comfortable I am going. Really? It takes me a while to get the courage up. I feel nervous. And in fact, I have bailed on two parties from a person who I really want to be friends with because I don't know anyone else. So to be fair, okay, I've, I guess I've lied. So you reversed that fully. <laughs> but typically... I feel more comfortable because they don't already know me well enough. So I feel like this is a fresh start. I get to be the person I want to be. You have that anonymity. You just yeah. get to like go in fresh. Instead of like, we were talking earlier about adult friendships and how they come and go and showing up for people. And I feel like there are some people that maybe I'm not as close friends with because I, I think we became friends at a time in my life where I wasn't showing up to things. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like I know them for too long now that going to their parties by myself, I would feel really awkward because I still feel this guilt about who I was before. Oh. So yeah. So the less I know them, the more comfortable I feel going. I get to start. Start new. I just get such small talk anxiety. Ugh. You look so proud of yourself in small talk right <laughs> Hot now. Hot tip. Hot tip. Before you go to a party with people you don't know, read the like... The trending items on Twitter. Oh. Because one of those are going to be an item that will come up in conversation. Oh, that's a great tip. Yeah. And then you can also even, like, read some funny facts. Like, go with conversation topics. It seems silly to have homework before you go to a party. No, but it's but real. It's, like, doing that work yes. actually makes it easier. Like, I, I don't yeah. have... I've done it a few times. Or, like, I've read... Like, you know, small talk questions that are a little more interesting than regular right. small talk. And it does actually work. It does. It does. All right. So there you go. I'll put in more preparation. Yeah. Just just what's trending. I will... So I browse the Snapchat, like, entertainment news mm-hmm. quite often to pick up, like, pop really? culture stuff. Mostly for the podcast, but honestly, it's, like, always about the Jenners and Kardashians, so it's not worth it. <laughs> but <laughs> I do do that. Um, and then Twitter. Like, I stopped using Twitter for a while and then more recently realized how good it was for picking up on what is happening. I listened to a pop culture podcast and it recently came up. Oh, one of the Jenner Kardashians, I think a Jenner's new like makeup cosmetic line or something Mm -hmm. and has a walnut scrub. And this podcast really talked about like how that is not what you should do to your face anymore. Like that abrasion. And someone at the wedding last night was talking about it. And I wanted to go like, oh, that's the one with the walnut scrub? And she's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, you know, that's like, I got fully into that conversation because of brushing up a little on pop culture. Exactly. Heck, even just being like, oh, the one with the walnut scrub just gets your foot into the conversation and Mm -hmm. you can just be a listener. Like. But then you're an active listener. Yeah. Oh, we should do more on small talk. (laughs) I'm all for it. Big talk on small talk. I don't know. We'll, we'll work that out. <laughs> so this was our first uh, intended bi-weekly episode. Uh, I hope you guys like it. I hope that the gap means you have a little more time to literally dig into it. 
fact check us. Don't fact check us. <laughs> I do want to thank the people that reached out um, in between, though, and were like, I miss the podcast, or is it dying? And we're like, no, it's not dying. And we will stay alive and encourage us by getting in touch with us and following us on Instagram at Gay Best Friends Podcast. And emailing us at GayBestFriendsPodcast at gmail.com. And we will keep coming at you bi-weekly. So now we're like laying down expectations. We're being real about our abilities. And we will still be here for you every two weeks. You can subscribe on your listening app. Uh, That's how you'll find it when the new episodes drop. So until next time. Bye, Bye, besties. besties.